So it is not very often, if ever at all, that I get to talk to you about an averted mass shooting, and in particular, one which was going to occur at a Christian high school in California. So I want to take us through the recent news story where an 18-year-old was planning mass murder at the Ontario Christian High School in California this past February. Now, he was arrested over a weekend when the police were able to determine that the threat to Ontario Christian High School was viable, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what led up to the arrest. But how did the police know? And this is where it really gets interesting. And where I did a prior video where I discussed about this confidential reporting lines is that a brave student came forward. So they were made aware of the threats by another student at the school who was alerted when the assailant, who was reportedly suspended at the time, has shown signs of being fixated with school shootings. Now, not in relation to school shootings, but we saw this at the Southern Springs mass murder in 2017, where that assailant became fixated with a church mass murderer who two years prior had killed nine people at a weeknight Bible study at the Amy Church in California. So we're seeing a pattern here of behavior. But a brave student came forward, the see something, say something, shared the fear and told others what they had seen. And they believed that there was a credible threat to the school as escalated to a superintendent who then made the call to police. And this kid is an example of the see something, say something, but also see something and act on what you see. So it was led by leakage. We're going to talk a little bit more about that from a brave student coming forward. Now, when the police arrested a Satan, and sorry, I'm going to bounce around a little bit here, but it's really important some of these key facts, is that when the police arrested the assailant, they said that he was so obsessed, he Google mapped the distance to the police department. Now, there is planning, there is planning, and there is planning. This kid had Googled the response times in the police department where he was going to carry out this mass murder, and he had seen how far is it between the police department and the school so what is going to be their response time? So we're seeing in this the level of detail and planning that these active assailants go to. The chief of police used the word, but he was obsessed and he had Googled and mapped the distance. Now, what the chief, Michael Lauren, Lawrence, said was, what we discovered through the course of our investigation was that the assailant had every intention of carrying out the school shooting at the Ontario Christian High School. So... We know that there was disclosure, there was leakage to a member of his peer group, you might say, who reported it and escalated behavior. We know there was this research online about the police response time. And the chief of police said here that they believe there was every intention that he was going to carry out this attack. Now, the chief of police earlier used the term he was obsessed about Googling the distance between the school and the local police department. But they equally found in research that he was obsessed with school shootings, especially the Columbine High School shooting in Colorado, that led them to believe that he may have been planning the shooting on or around the 20th of April. Now, as we record this video, we are in February. So we've got March, April. So eight to 10 weeks out is when this assailant potentially was planning his attack. And it's most probably 
a fair assumption if he was obsessed with the Columbine high school shooting and the anniversary was coming up in April, it's fair to assume that perhaps he was plotting to use that anniversary to carry out his attack. So just something interesting there that the Violence Project, go to theviolenceproject.org if you've not heard of him before, they say these assailants, there's a script and validation that they follow they go online, they become radicalized in the deepest parts of the internet, and they study other mass shooters. So mine probably was quite a fair assumption to say, we're now in February, he was planning this mass attack, he was obsessed with Columbine, but perhaps he was going to use the anniversary to be the day when he was going to carry out his deadly attack. Now I want to talk a little bit here about leakage. So the data from the violence project uh, I forget the the number, but it's an incredibly high number. It's almost close to 50% of these active assailants have leaked their plans in some way, close to 50%. So when we say, what can we do to prevent these mass shootings? A lot of the time it's just listening to these individuals that are hurting, that are in pain, that have mental illness, they have some type of radicalized ideology because they're telling us what they intend to do. And we saw it in this recent case, but it says Lawrence, who's the chief of police, said that there was not a hit list, but they were able to determine these threats by interviews that detailed his interactions with other students. So there wasn't a written hit list. So what this tells me is that there was leakage, but he disclosed to people within his peer group within his class, within the school, what he intended to do and who was on his hit list. There is leakage in close to 50% of these mass shootings on data from theviolenceproject.org. Again, go and check out their data. It's fascinating. So there is this leakage. There is this information where they're telling us what it is they intend to do. The next thing when we look at the possible motive is that they say as it relates to the assailant's motive, we have been able to determine from interviews that he was not bullied or harassed. However, he did have difficulties in forming relationships with other students and in his social interactions, Lawrence, the police chief, said. So they said that there was no um, hit list they couldn't find a motive. However, they said that from interviews, he did have difficulties in forming relationships with other students. I've then got a sub-bullet point under here where it says authorities believe his choice of potential targets, reportedly five or six people at the school, at least some of them students, were chosen based on previous social interactions that he had with them. So we have someone who's socially awkward, who can't make friends, who's a bit of a loner, who lives in isolation. How we interact with them is important. I've got on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, be kind. The authorities believe his choice of potential targets, reportedly five or six people at the school, at least some of them students, were chosen based off previous social interactions that he had with them. Now, again, I'm making an assumption at the end of this video, I always love your views and opinions. I'm assuming that the interactions with these people were not very positive, which led him to identify them as being targets. So 
as I say to my two young sons, in a world where you can be anything, be kind, because how we interact with people matter. These people are hurting, they're broken, they've got mental illness, they're being radicalized. Are they monsters? Well, yes, some of them are monsters for sure, but behind it, there is a family member who's trying to help this person who sees that they're going down this dark path. So when I read this and, and listen that the people on this target list were based on their social interactions, I hazard a guess that they were not positive social interactions to him. So in a world where we can be anything, um, be kind to these individuals. So when the police arrested him and searched his home, they found, bear in mind this is an 18-year-old kid, they found thousands of ammunition, seven rifles, two revolvers, sorry, a handgun and a shotgun, thousands of rounds of ammunition, seven rifles, two revolvers, a handgun, a shotgun. Now, again, I don't want to get into the political debate of firearms, whether you are red or blue or somewhere in the middle, but on an indicator on top of the disclosures made to this kid, on top of what he said to people who his intended victims were, he amassed an arsonry of weapons very quickly. My questions, does he have siblings? Did they know? What did his parents say? Did his friends know that he was building this arsonry? Where was he keeping these firearms? All these questions around it, but he amassed an arsonry of weapons there that he intended to use to go to a school and commit crime. Is there opportunities for interruption in these cases? Quite often. Is there an opportunity for disruption? Quite often. And as we go through these stories, we see things where they could be red flags or conversations or talking points. Now, in case that you're wondering, well, how do we then, Simon, tie this into the church? On what role do we play? And how would we respond if we had to analyze this threat in real time like the school did? Well, Last year, we launched our decision decks, and we have six different themes all around church safety and security. And we have a threat assessment deck, which actually has a scenario just like this within the deck. So there are 60 church safety and security scenarios based around threat assessment. How do people use them? They do one to themselves. They read and say, how would we respond to our church? They do one to many in a group. They might ask their safety team, how would you respond to this incident? What would you do? And we've had people that use them for interview questions on their safety team. And a really cool idea, I had a church reach out, we've actually used them for tabletop exercises where every table had a different card and I had to discuss and take it through a tabletop. So if you're thinking, how would we respond to a live time threat, uh, consider checking out the decision deck. So I'm going to drop a link below. Like I said, we've got six different versions, each with unique safety and security scenarios. So I wanted to take us through that sort of news story because it's very rare that we get these prevented attacks. But even in this individual, we saw the leakage. Remember the, the data from the violence project, close to 50% of these, there's leakage. There was the arsonry of weapons. How did he get these weapons? Did his family know? Did his um, friends know? the motive and why he chose his victims. It was due to social interactions. Again, I have to make an assumption that these interactions with people were not good. That's why they got onto his list. A lot, a lot of stuff in there. A lot of mental illness, as I often see with these cases. So those are my views and opinions. Would love your views and opinions on this. It's great to have 
a, a mass shooting which is averted and what do we learn from it so drop your comments um, below again consider checking out the decision decks but for now you stay safe you have a blessed day until next time take care everybody